This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 20th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Social media companies have, to put it mildly, varying ideas about who and what should be allowed on their platforms. So what about the Taliban? An oppressive regime, to be sure, and also the government of Afghanistan. Will Duffield talks about the interactions of a group like the Taliban and policies of social media companies. What social media platforms allow the Taliban to use their services and which ones don't? Well, at the moment, Twitter allows the Taliban spokesperson to maintain an account. And while Facebook prohibits the Taliban as a dangerous organization, They've used WhatsApp quite prolifically. All right. And why? Why the, why the differing policies? So from, from Twitter's standpoint, they implement uh, kind of behavioral-based policies. So because the Taliban spokesperson hasn't used his account to specifically call for violence, they've allowed him to continue tweeting about the progress of the Taliban um, on the platform. Facebook considers the Taliban to be a dangerous organization, and so it prohibits praise and support or any official Taliban accounts. However, their WhatsApp product is end-to-end encrypted, so it can be hard to see what people are saying, and fairly easy to create a new account with a new cell phone number. Because it's very popular in parts of the world with limited internet access, the Taliban has made tremendous use of it as a propagandistic and and even tool of governance. And I think that's what's most interesting in this conversation about whether Facebook should allow them on their services. Okay. So with respect to social media platforms, uh, it's my understanding that social media platforms, several of them have specific policies with respect to governments being able to operate on their platforms. And it's hard to argue that the Taliban is not now functionally the government of Afghanistan. Exactly. And you've ended up over the past couple of days with a lot of the commentariat who are usually concerned about Facebook's power, Facebook's ability to pick and choose what content can be displayed, essentially asking Facebook to treat the nascent Taliban state in Afghanistan as a pariah. Um, to refrain from extending them the privileges or allowances granted to other states and keep them off of its its platform. Now, on one hand, this might feel good. We don't like the Taliban. We don't like to see them take over Afghanistan and become its government. However, on the ground, if you're a regular Afghani, you're someone living in Kabul and a group of men show up at your house claiming to be the Taliban, asking to take your car. It's very useful to have a tip line, helpline on WhatsApp to call your local Taliban official and ask what's going on. And this has been probably the most effective way the Taliban has used WhatsApp um, going back to its 2016 conquest of the city of Kunduz, when it very quickly tried to essentially set up helplines for every kind of municipal service that might be lacking in order to both claim legitimacy and potentially prevent any any problems or uh, spats between their fighters and the locals. Yeah, and you say claim legitimacy, but in, in a lot of ways, there would be earning legitimacy, right? 
yes, by by stepping in to provide those those services. Um, now, as they take over more of the traditional infrastructure of the state, using WhatsApp may come to matter less. Um, once you have the official police phone line, maybe you don't need WhatsApp as much. But in this sort of transitional period, I think it it may be very important, and it's it's worrisome the kind of leap to um, kick them off un- unthinkingly. Um, you know, there's a lot of other infrastructure that we've spent a lot of money and time building in Afghanistan that now the Taliban, unfortunately, will use to legitimize its rule. But I don't think that would justify going back and carpet bombing all of the bridges and roads we've built. From the perspective of uh, the average person in uh, a city in Afghanistan, what changes? I mean, it, it seems that if you can contact your local Taliban official to find out if the men at your door are legitimate, that's good, right? Yeah, certainly better than not having the option of of calling when you're confronted by, well, who knows who they are in the night. It's inevitable that a government would want to make use of social media to enhance their own legitimacy. And it is, I think, in the interest of almost everyone for us to know what they want to communicate, even if even if it is unfortunate or disgusting or uh, insulting, we are probably not better off not knowing what uh, these people are trying to do. I think that's been a large part of. Twitter's specific justification for allowing their spokesperson to maintain a presence, um, that just allowing for this line of communication makes everyone better off. Going forward, I expect platform policy to soften somewhat from its current sort of hyper-restrictive stance that's been adopted after the fall of Kabul over the weekend. Uh, But a lot of that will depend upon how the Taliban behaves. Um, To an extent, I think, interestingly, the threat of platform response or or the removal of Taliban presence from these platforms could at least publicly cause them to moderate their speech and behavior on the margin, um, exerting a kind of governance through their access to these 21st century communication tools. And uh, unlike countries like China, which have a little more pull when it comes to social media policies, you can expect that if average people are making use of the kind of technology that uh, WhatsApp offers uh, or other encrypted social media programs offer, that that could be of significant benefit to them in checking their government. Well, I think that's that's a very valuable point to make as well. And so long as these services are useful to the new Taliban government, um, their ability to limit citizens' access to them is is going to be curtailed. If you want to use WhatsApp to proclaim your your newfound sovereignty and discuss the services you're bringing to the area, you can't then stop people from using WhatsApp to share music that your regime has prohibited. So I think having it, again, leads to a, a better status quo than giving the new Taliban government reason or, or cause to limit citizens' access to this sort of thing. What else? At, at home, it's, it's worth remembering that despite a lot of the concerns of 
hypocrisy voiced either by the Taliban itself about social media services cutting off their access or coming from the American right around Twitter's continued allowance of the spokesperson's account, Section 230 and the First Amendment leaves it up to platforms whether they want to provide services in these areas or to these governments. Um, unless the U.S. government were to designate uh, the Taliban a foreign terrorist organization, um, the decision is left to platforms to make this call. And we'll see different platforms come down on different sides of this issue, depending upon their reputational risk and the value of their services on the ground. Will Duffield is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.